Good morning. This is Word Made Flesh, the radio ministry of Neighbors of Hope. We'll share struggles and triumphs and how through the Word, everyone can experience the loving and healing reality of Christ's compassion. Now here's the Neighbors of Hope Executive Director, Pastor Stephen Palmer, with this week's Word. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of Word Made Flesh. How are we doing on this fourth fourth Sunday of Lent 2019? Good. Good. All right. And listening to us, we got a few head nods going on around the table, too, so... Here we go. Um, it being Lent, uh, every year at uh, Neighbors of Hope, uh, during the Lenten season, we, we tend to set our sights on the Gospel of Mark um, for a couple of reasons. One, it's the shortest of the four Gospels, so it's, it's manageable during the Lenten season for us, uh, our reflection. Uh, two is we know that Mark spends 40%, nearly 40% of his Gospel uh, really uh, on the passion of Jesus. Uh, starting from uh, around chapter 8, the other part of chapter 8 and 9, where he has his first passion prediction, all the way to the, the crucifixion and the resurrection, or the empty tomb in Mark's gospel. Right? So Matthew only does 33%. Uh, Luke uh, does about 20%. All right? uh, and they're, they're longer gospels. So if it be in the Lenten season, all right, uh, this is a, a interesting uh, gospel to look at uh, in the sense that that's what Mark is focusing on. Right? Um, plus, Mark gives us uh, kind of a, 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 a shorter version right, that has everything in there that's pretty concise and he's pretty intentional. One of the things he's very intentional about, we, we start out uh, uh, in Mark's gospel in chapter 1, is the story of John the Baptist. Prepare the way. And in here, we've studied a little bit that way in Greek is hodos, all right? And we, you, can, you can translate that the way, the path, right, the road, things like that. So if you read the story of Bartimaeus, you know, the blind man, Jesus heals him. And then Jesus says to him, uh, you know, come follow me. And it says Bartimaeus got up and followed him along the way. And what we've uh, learned in here that the way leads somewhere. And we see in Mark's gospel, the, the way of Jesus is leading directly toward Jerusalem. So we start thinking that the way leads to two things. It's a confrontation of what we've identified as the domination system. And two, the way leads to death and resurrection. All right. The second component, right on the, the heels of that in chapter 1, uh, we also have Jesus sharing, uh, Mark asked Jesus sharing with the, the reading audience there, uh, what Jesus' message is. And so we want to look at that today, and that's in chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Then I'd like to have us jump over a few chapters to where we start launching the Passion narrative uh, into chapter 8, verse 34, where Jesus talks about what the cost of discipleship. And discipleship is something we ought to be genuinely reflecting upon during this uh, Lenten season. Okay? That's kind of what I have in mind. We good with that? Listening audience, everybody is yes. nodding their head yes, in the affirmative. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, Mark, would you be so kind as to read uh, chapter one, verses fourteen and fifteen, and then uh, uh, can somebody else jump over to chapter eight, verse thirty-four? All right, Richard, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, go ahead. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Okay. 
kingdom of God is here. Come near. All right. Repent and believe the good news. All right. In a sense, for Mark, this is Jesus's message. This is what he's come to share with everybody. All right. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. All right. So let's get to chapter eight, verse thirty-four done as well. Can you read chapter that first? Verse thirty-four. Yep. yep. And then we'll uh, we'll try and tie all this together. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Okay. All right. A couple little short ones. All right. And here we have, uh, he just told them about his death and resurrection. And they're not really, you know, I'm going to have to suffer. All right. They're going to kill me on the third day I'll rise. They're like, what, 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 what? And he says, look, if anybody's going to follow me, all right, they've got to deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow. Three things. Deny, pick up, follow. Okay. Um, what are some of your, if you think about just those two, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe. Deny, pick up, follow. Think of those components in your own discipleship walk. All right, what are some of your initial comments, reflections? Um, sometimes in the Christian life, it feels like every day is a, is a new march to, to Calvary from, from the city inside the walls. Well, you can think the, 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 uh, uh, the gospel writer Luke for that, because he's the one that, says, that adds to Mark's version and says, daily, pick up your cross daily. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I interjected that, I'm sorry. And it's, um, thing is, you know, it's, it's really hard not to, not to want to instead just look forward to three days later with the resurrection. Yeah, we don't necessarily want Friday, we want Sunday. Yeah. Right? Uh, or the Tony Campalo, right? It's Friday and Sundays are coming. We're not quite to the Good Friday yet, but uh, the concept's there. You're right, you're right. You know, we, we, we don't really want to go through all that hardship. Uh, I think for me it's denying um, Anything can be relationships, it can be whatever's preventing from picking up the cross and following. And like when he says, it's a, it's a daily thing. This isn't a one-time shot. I don't believe like it's a, okay, this is what it is. No, every single day you've got to make a choice. Every single day you're going to have to let certain things go. You know, even though it's baggage from the past, you've got to unpack some of those bags because you're carrying it with you. It's preventing you from picking up that cross. You know? so, or putting it down. You know? I think sometimes I put the crack, you know, I put it down to get to something else, and then I said, repent and get back on track. I don't think it could be a everyday thing. And I'm not saying that, like, do whatever you want to do because it's okay, because you can do this now, but, you know, just to try to be a better man today than you were yesterday. That's all it's about. Even it's baby steps. Slow motion is better than I'm moving forward. <clears throat> you know. 
Yeah, and I, and I think you, you you know you have a pretty keen insight there that there's a relationship between denying self and our ability to carry the cross. Because if we're not going to deny ourselves, we won't carry that cross. Yeah. Right, if I'm going to serve self, I'm not going to carry. Something. What's Paul say? You know, I do the things I don't want to do, or I, I decide, you know, he's daily having to uh -huh. you know, go through it. Yeah, and Paul's one that picks up yeah, on this whole uh, thing quite extensively. Right. Anybody else? Yeah, I, I kind of I'm riding on the same train that he's on. Like, it, when when it said deny yourself, it just reminds me of uh, that saying, you know, let go and let God. Mm. You know, and the saying he says in the Bible, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has troubles of its own. I mean, no, you know, if we're following Jesus' word or God's word and Jesus, then Satan's about to come at us. So that's, I mean, to me, that, that kind of means the troubles for tomorrow. So, you know, why even worry about it? We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. But um, denying yourself is. To me, is like uh, just uh, letting go, letting God, and having faith. Um, I mean, repent. You know, that's just turn around from all your ways. You know, and that's for us humans. That's that's kind of difficult. So every day, yeah, we gotta be on it every day. All right, very good. Anybody else? Well, okay, we'll. Uh, Let's, let's elaborate just a little bit. All right. So if we go back to that first scripture reading, uh, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe. And we've learned in here the kingdom of God being the message of, of, of Jesus. Uh, Mark could have easily said something like, look, it's the community of the people, right? It's uh, the people of God or, or something along those lines. But Mark intentionally uses this kingdom one of, uh, because it has political connotations. Uh, he's going to juxtapose, he has Jesus juxtaposing or setting in opposition to the kingdom of Caesar. Right? The reign, the rule, the way of Caesar. We're, we're, that's part of that domination system. For our listening audience, we define a domination system as uh, having three components. It's when you have political oppression where the few uh, really have power over the many. Uh, economic exploitation is the second one, and that's where the few benefit, right, off of the many. And then uh, thirdly, when you have a religious legitimization of that, right, uh, a religious institution that justifies the political oppression and the economic exploitation, right. The three of those combined, you have a domination system, right. Um, in Jesus' time, that domination system was the Roman Empire. Right? The religious justification was twofold. There's one, uh, Roman paganism, and two, it really was the temple institution in Jerusalem. When John the Baptist introduces Jesus, right, he says, prepare the way, uh, Jesus will speak uh, several times between chapter 1 and chapter 8 that we're on our way. Right? We're along the path. We're on the road. We're, go we're setting our sights in a certain direction. And for Mark, and he spent 40% of his gospel on this, right? That's Jerusalem, the center of the domination system. Thus, the political nature of the kingdom of God. It's religious, it's spiritual in the sense it's of God. But kingdom at that time is intentionally used to set apart the juxtaposition to the politics of the day, right? And Jesus says, look at this, this, new, this new thing is here. 
All right. Uh, so secondly, then he'll say repent. Now you're right when, when we talk about, I mean, today I, uh, Christians tend to think about uh, repentance as being this contrition for our sin. Um, the, the Hebrew Bible, when it understands uh, repent, uh, is really thinking about, you know, you, you need to alter the way of your mind. All right? Because we, I mean, in all honesty, you can do, a, like we say, a 180. All right? Mm-hmm. You can turn your body around. And your body can move in the other direction, but does that mean your heart has? Okay? So it's more about that. So he's saying, you know, look at this, this, this way of God is here. You all need to change your mind about the domination system. All right? And when he says believe in the good news, what I'm sharing with you, this, this isn't some intellectual affirmation of some statement as being factual. Right? It's, not, it's not that. It's, in, in Greek, it's pistis, and we would translate it as trust. Trust that what I'm telling you is true. Because right? we can believe in certain things, but that doesn't mean we trust it. Okay? That, those three components there all right, is exactly what Jesus is now talking about. If you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to come follow me, well, follow me where? Follow me how? Well, you follow me by one trusting that the way of God, right, the realm of God, the reign of God, the kingdom of God is here, all right? It's already here, it's not yet complete, but you need to be a part of it, all right? And being a part of it is you, you kind of need to change your mind a little bit. Now, then he'll say, so deny yourself, because sometimes we want to seek our own interests, all right? More often than not, our, our own interest tends to be in conformity with the domination system. All right, we're, look, I want, you know, I really want to win the lottery. I want to, you know, if you think about economic exploitation, I'm going to spend all I can to really, what, climb the corporate ladder and get to the top to where I have enough money to be secure and everything. And how do you really get to the top of anything except for on the back of men? Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate all of your uh, sharing uh, with our listening audience this morning on this edition of Word Made Flesh. May God's grace, peace, and love and joy be with you always. Thank you for listening to Word Made Flesh. Neighbors of Hope brings people hope through a comprehensive suite of Christ-centered programs that include the Men's Ministry, Blessings and More Resale Store, our Third Day Farm Project, Fishes and Loaves Food Pantry, and of course, our radio ministry, Word Made Flesh. We're also in the process of establishing a women's and children's transitional housing program. Find out how you can become a neighbor of hope at neighborsofhope.com. And please join us again next Sunday morning for Word Made Flesh.